Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Both in Baton Rouge now, um, both having watched LSU beat Georgia State 56-14. Shay, how are you doing on this Sunday morning? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It was a uh, a wild night in uh, Tiger Stadium. It was not the most packed you'll ever see for a uh, – this is what happens when you schedule a non-con game at the second-to-last game of the regular season, and you have another game coming up at home, so – it wasn't as packed as the announced crowd they let uh, they uh, said of one hundred one thousand or whatever it was, but boy, who the people who went got to witness history. Jaden Daniels, eight touchdowns, six passing touchdowns, five incompletions, put on an absolute clinic. Maddie B, um, I could sit here and just read, and I will probably a number of these, but just like read off all the stats that he now leads the nation in and i'll give you a few here um to kind of get the conversation flowing and and your thoughts uh because you've watched him from start to finish you were at every practice in the spring you were at every practice in the fall and you've talked a ton about the same thing that brian kelly has talked about is the confidence Jaden has now buying into himself and realizing hey i this was a guy that in high school Matty b was a three thousand yard pass or one thousand yard rusher twice it was when you did film breakdowns at Arizona State, it was, hey, he's got this in him. A year ago, it was just a lot of the, I don't want to lose this job, so I'm going to not turn the ball over, and I'm going to play it safe. And not only has he turned now to the deep ball, Matty B, but he has not turned it over at that same clip. He rarely ever throws a pick. Here's some no- rankings uh, that he ranks number one in right now in the country. Pass or total yards, 4,591. Nobody else is even at 4,000 yards yet. Um, passing touchdowns, 36, number one. These are all going to be number one in the NCAA. Total touchdowns, 46, 417 yards per game, 10.7 yards per 10.75 yards per pass uh, play, uh, 208.3 passer rating, and that, if he finished with it, would be the best in the history of college football regular season. Right now, it's set at 207. Uh, and then last night, uh, goes over the 1,000-yard mark, 1,014 rushing yards, also most by a quarterback. I could go on and on, but after reading all of that to you, Matty B., we wake up today and multiple sports books have Jaden Daniels as the new Heisman front runner. Just a couple of weeks ago, he was catching – Plus 2,000 odds. Now he is uh, either plus 110 or minus 110 in some places, but now is ahead of Bo Nix, uh, who had another very good game yesterday. Oregon yep. cruised to a win against Arizona State, but yep. a race that once seemed Penix versus Nix has turned into Daniels versus Nix. And the incredible part of this push from Jane Daniels is 
the fact that none of the teams in in front of him, like none of the top six teams have lost, right? Bo Nix hasn't suffered a bad loss. Uh, Penix hasn't, hasn't lost yet. But Jane Daniels has not needed the other guys in front of him to lose games or really, I guess, fall off in, in a sense. I mean, McCarthy and Harrison have had their struggles a bit, but Penix and Nix, for the most part, since being in discussion, have you know, played fairly well. Um, Washington struggled, but won. Uh, Oregon has, you know, won pretty comfortably. They've looked like a playoff team. Uh, it's really just Jaden Daniels' excellence that has allowed him to, um, obviously, the, the odds to pick up and everybody's staying with them. I, I do think also there was a, um, going into this last week, where Oregon plays Oregon State and LSU plays Texas A&M, both have losable games. They should win, obviously, but it's going to come down to really this last week of who puts the team on their back to win these big games. Obviously for Oregon, you're they're trying to get in the playoff game. Um, and for LSU, you're trying to get to nine wins. I, I do think this last week is actually, that's why it's kind of even between Knicks and Daniels right now. This is what it comes down to. It's going to be fun too, because Daniels plays at 11 AM. So it's like the uh, chance for him to go out and make his mark the whole day. Everyone's going to talk about it. If he performs well, obviously, and then Knicks plays at 7, what, 15 or 30 at night in one of the marquee games of the week, that Oregon State-Oregon game. I um, Boy, that'll make next Saturday a lot of fun. I know some people wonder, Maddie B, about conference championship games. LSU not being in one, how does that hurt him? Daniels, I don't think it will in a major way unless Knicks goes out these next two weekends and just, like, puts up ungodly numbers and sort of retakes that main stage of the discussion that being said i know across history i've mentioned this before a lot of people ballots are due on sunday after conference championship weekend a lot of people send theirs in before then so they do judge it off just hey here's the 12 games of the regular yeah. season that everybody got to play yeah. and certainly lsu with three losses maddie b none of them are jane daniel's fault i mean they combined for 101 points in those three losses uh, they had 49 points and 600-something yards up at Ole Miss. That's the one that certainly stings the most. Um, and all of them are good. Look, Florida State, Ole Miss, Bama, these are top 10 teams. And LSU's offense just kept humming. It is the best offense in the country, outpacing Oregon at the moment. Um, but the Bo Nix Daniels show is on. I think two things I circle, Matty B, that I would say separate it. The total yards. Daniel, what Daniels is doing with his legs. And Bo Nix is a dual-threat quarterback. He's nowhere close to what Daniels is doing with his legs. And then passing-wise, the average depth of target. Nix, a lot of what he, he at least did, has done, but you can certainly point to this past weekend's game. Dump-offs to the running backs, screens, short wide receiver throws. Daniels has come out and chunked it downfield time and time and time again. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they're not going to be close. The average depth of target between Knicks and Daniels will not be close. And I think when you throw that into the mix, it shows truly how special he is as a dual threat quarterback right now. And he is the best player in college football. Brian Kelly asked, was asked after the game last night, 56-14 win over Georgia State when he had eight touchdowns. Is he the best player you've ever coached? And he said, I've been coaching 30 plus years. I've never seen anybody do in a season what he's doing. So, yes, by definition, this would be the best player in a season I've ever coached. Um, it's historic, historic stuff we're watching. For context, and I, I, I did, I mentioned this, I don't remember when I mentioned this, but it is very much Bo Nix 
you know, he, he's he's been great this year. Like, I, I don't want to take anything away from him. He's been awesome. Um, he is not on Jaden Daniels' levels to me as, yeah. as a passer and what he's done. Uh, and that's, again, but without even accounting for his legs, I think Jaden Daniels, you mentioned the average depth of target. I think it is a very much a product of them. I think Oregon has perhaps the best offensive line in the country. I think they've, like you said, thrown a lot of screens, short stuff. They do not force the ball down the field at all. Um, this is from October 19th, so this has certainly changed, I'm sure, a little bit. But Bo Nick's, uh average depth of target was 6.3 um, yards, which I believe was one of the lowest in the country. I believe Michael Penix around that time, I'm reading a Washington story, was around nine. Jane Daniels, I'm sure, is in the double digits in terms of yards, uh, de- average depth of target. I don't have the exact step stats up, but like that's Bo Nick's stat is in the same area of like Graham Mertz, uh, Noah Fafita from Arizona. So it again, it's I just don't think he's even been on the level of Jane Daniels as a passer. And then you add in the legs, and it's just a whole different argument. And I've just I, I I know you mentioned earlier, but the average um yard or the average yards per attempt for Jane Daniels, I think I don't remember what number you said, but ESPN has it at eleven point eight, uh, a full yard ahead of second place Jalen Milrow and a full two yards ahead of Bo Nix. So, um, yeah, it's he's incredible. I thought it. I thought LSU to talk about the game a little bit. I thought LSU actually played it perfectly for Jane Daniels. Like I don't think it was stat padding. Well, first of all, the defense couldn't get a stop in the first quarter, so or the first half. So it didn't feel stat petty at all in the first half. But in the second half, um, for a team that's end goal is no longer win a playoff game and win the SEC championship, the end goal now is to have as much success as a team as possible. And whether you like it or not, individual success is team success. Jane Daniels' success is this team success. A Belitnikoff award for Malik Neighbors would be team success for this team. And so that, I think, is very tangible and I think something that needs to be recognized is yeah he maybe you could have taken him out one possession earlier so he only has five touchdowns and 360 yards instead of all these numbers but it doesn't it changes nothing to me that they they let him play one more series and against Georgia State to really put I mean put the case away I think um this was everybody's playing bad teams he also sat the whole half against Grambling at the beginning of the year I mean yeah, I, yes, I don't they problem. kept him in there late for that extra drive. He got a little bit of extra love, but go dig through anyone's tape of any Heisman winner season and they play cupcakes and you're going to – it's just what it is. Everybody plays three games of non-conference uh, schedule. And one of LSU's is Florida State. Yes, and, and LSU's strength of schedule for the season is much more challenging than any, of, any other teams. It's not close. And <laughs> Oregon played Arizona State, which might as well be uh, – a, a G5 program for, for this week's like it's, it very much um, was earned. Jaden Daniels was accurate. Even on the two of his five incompletions, what Aaron Anderson overthrown by a yard, I guess, but Malik neighbors probably makes that play. Um, and Chris Hilton on that little out route where he was like trying to use his body, should have used his hands. Like that was a good throw. He just didn't catch it. Um, yeah. We can nitpick all we want. At the end of the day, Jaden Daniels has been the best player in college football the best rushing quarterback I've seen at least since Lamar Jackson. Um, the best pa- I mean, he's the best passing quarterback in the country this year, which includes a class that has Drake May and Caleb Williams and uh, Bo Nix and Michael Penix. Like he has been incredibly accurate on time. I thought his arm strength this year has been incredible. That's something we didn't really talk about, but against Georgia state, there were a couple of throws that he zipped in there. I think the touchdown to Malik or the one where, or, uh, I'm sorry, Kyron Lacey, 
where Kyron got down to like the three yard line or something around there. Uh, I mean, the arm strength is no longer a concern, I think, for the next level for Jaden Daniels as well. Uh, on points responsible for Jaden Daniels is number one in the country, 278. Bo Nix uh, in the top five at 244. So you're talking about more than 30 points uh, on the year already pacing ahead. Every stat is there for you. I don't know at this point, Maddie B, what holds is it? What holds them back if it's from a winning a Heisman, if it's not that they lost three games and that Oregon only lost one? Like, is that it? Because no other stat is close. Bo Nix is not ahead of him yeah. in anything. This is this is the only way Nix wins it. Well, there's there's I guess two ways, but obviously if LSU loses to AM, I, I just it's un, it can be unfair. Yes, Jane Daniels could put up 500 yards of offense if they lose to AM and Oregon beats Oregon State and Oregon gets probably gets into the playoff or you know wins the Pac-12. Like I think that's going to be too much for voters to overcome. You can disagree with it. That's kind of just going to be what it is. Um, but. Knicks does have an advantage playing tomorrow or playing next week at night and being primetime type game. If he has a quote unquote Heisman type moment and a close win, let's say against Oregon state where he puts up big numbers and Jane Daniels just kind of takes care of business against a and I, I would be concerned a little bit uh, with that. And then I, I, like we talked about, I don't know how they voters weigh in the PAC 12 championship game that could play in a, uh, Jane Daniels' favor could play in Bo Nix's favor because maybe somebody puts in a vote for Bo Nix and they lose the Pac-12 championship game or maybe vice versa. So um, there's just so many factors going on with it. I think the odds are pretty spot on right now. I would have those two as pretty even because I don't know how next week is going to go exactly. The Let's get a quick ad read here and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up with some other things. We just wanted to do a lot of yeah. Jaden Daniels Heisman reaction because this is the first time all year, Matty B, that he has been a Heisman front runner. He's been creeping up the board slowly, slowly, slowly. Everybody's saying, hey, you should get more love. He goes out and puts up a performance like that over 500 yards and eight touchdowns. You wake up today and he's now in the lead for the first time uh, with the sports books. But um a shout out every Sunday or Saturday night, whenever we do it, to uh, Andy Ludicky, uh, My Perfect Franchise. You guys know it if you listen to the pod each week. My Perfect Franchise and Andy uh, are the spot to go if you are looking to get involved as a franchisee or just want to know more about uh, franchises. He um, says it every time. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? This is something where you can be a side hustle for you. He wants you to um, give him a call because it can be something small going in with friends. It could be jumping into, you know, a business that you've always had some passion uh, about, but have not uh, dove into across your career. <clears throat> or it could just be di diversifying kind of your portfolio and what you're doing with uh, different streams of income. Um, and Andy says it all the time. It doesn't matter how much money you have to call him is free. And to get into the franchise business and become a franchisee. There are so many levels to it that you don't need a ton of money to do it. Uh, we've had a number of Bengal Tiger su subscribers reach out to him, said that he's been great to talk to. Uh, you can call him. Andy is at 404-973-9901. That's 404-973-9901 or Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. His services are 100% free. So. You give him a call, he will run you down through every answer you may or answer to every question you might have. Um, he can give you kind of um, 
the sticking points of what he's done over his multiple decades owning multiple different franchises and what's worked and what hasn't. Uh, and it costs you nothing to give him a call or email him. So Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or give him a call at 404-973-9901. Uh, Matty B wrapping up. Um, they did play Georgia State. It was a non-con game. They were expected to cruise. They did. They covered. It was 56-14. LSU's offense had eight drives. They scored on all eight of them. They came out for a ninth drive with Garrett Nussmeyer, and they kneeled the game out. Um, on defense, I will say that Georgia State came out in the first quarter, and it was a 14-14 ball game. At one point, it was 7-0 Georgia State. They marched right down the field and scored on them. Um, after 12 minutes left in the second quarter, when Georgia State made it 14-14, um, they did not score another point the rest of the way. They finished with 217 yards passing, 148 yards rushing, 17 first downs. They went 5 of 12 on third down, um, 64 plays, average almost six yards a play. But one thing we did see last night, Matty B, was they just – LSU's defense just bent, 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 but didn't break. And they kept trying to go for it on fourth down. It didn't yeah. work. Um, they got some big stops, big turnovers on downs to give it back to the offense. And um, kudos to that side for – in a game like that where you're blowing them out, they stayed buckled in and they didn't allow anything beyond that 14 points. And Matty B, you put it in your best bets of the week. I think it was, what was it? 19 and a half was Vegas is over under on Georgia. State. 20 and a half. I got it. 20, 20 and, and a half. half. LSU holds them uh, well under 20 and a half. So compared to what Vegas expected, LSU's defense played better than we thought. Yeah. Um, I, I'll just say after the, Second touchdown by Georgia State. I, I was ready to write off that um, final lines bet. I was ready in the in the in the thread, being like, "Sorry guys, I was in Charleston. I didn't didn't have a good read on this one." And then and then LSU didn't allow a point the rest of the game. So um, obviously, like yes, um, you know Georgia State ends the game one of four and fourth downs. I believe one of those was that um, shot down the sideline where the receiver got open got some separation i believe it was from jv and toviano and i guess lost the ball in the lights or didn't see it whatever it was just the ball bounced almost hit him and he didn't catch it uh in the end zone uh obviously that would have been a touchdown um they got the ball into i guess scoring territory or lsu territory a few times weren't able to convert on those fourth downs i i wrote it in my post game like rapid reactions like this defense right now it is what it is and I, I do think they deserve credit for not allowing point after the first two touchdowns, um, but ultimately allowing a Georgia State offense, um, Darren Granger to go 23 of 29 passing for 179 yards, one touchdown, and the running back Marcus Carroll to average almost six yards per carry. Like, yes, a lot of that was done on those scoring drives, but still, the LSU defense kind of just is what it is at this point. We're gonna. It, we're game 11 in the season. The shortcomings are obvious. The flaws are obvious. The personnel deficiencies maybe even are are obvious. And the coaching deficiencies are obvious. So there's not a lot to expand upon here. It was very much an LSU defense game where they gave up yards. You hope that you can get those stops. Ben, don't break like you said. Um, if we had to give, I mean, I know we did game balls, but I think the best unit for this defense to me was the defensive tackle spot. I thought they were fantastic. Um, Mason Smith, uh, Joe, uh, Jordan Jefferson, obviously. I think you can even sprinkle in the defensive ends like uh, Paris Shand and uh, Savion Jones. I thought they had a really good game. And after those touchdown drives, they kind of just clamped down. 
Yeah, with our game balls, we both cash it on the Jaden Daniels on offense for a prediction. Uh, I went Toviano on defense. You went Mason Smith. Um, I don't know stat-wise, maybe Harold Perkins had the most productive game of anyone yeah. because uh, he had some sacks and tackles for loss. I, um, I don't know exactly what he finished at. Three solo tackles, um, one and a half tackles for loss, six tackles. The, some D linemen had some good numbers, like you said. Mason Smith was in on a sack. Um, I'd have to look down. Jacoby and Hillary that? and uh, did you see the um, Jordan Jefferson clip I tweeted out? Yes, that was a great play. Um, you almost went with him. So I don't know on a night like that. I mean, you could maybe make a case to give it to a few different guys. Um, Hey man, Action Quincy teams. Wiggins. Quincy Wiggins came in and made made two plays in the backfield or, or big plays. That I was like, oh, okay, for, Quincy. Every, for everyone that's been wondering what he's been up to. Hey, he's still there. He's still there. And got himself a tackle for loss. Yes. And then, uh, let's see, special. Oh well, I will say Ashton Stamps um, got a lot of run. Uh, started in this game, got picked on early, gave up an early score, but then bounced back really well. He ultimately. Um, had eight tackles, all of them solo, and then uh, had a pass breakup. And Brian Kelly said he thought he played a lot better as the game went on after he settled in. Uh, and we, on special teams, failed. We did not ever name this player that I think was the MVP once <laughs> all year. Well, Damian Ramos never had a field goal, and Bramplett never punted, so they're out. Caleb Jackson, I don't believe, returned a kick, so he's out. Greg Clayton didn't return a punt. He's out. But LSU entered this game. Greg Clayton had only returned two punts. This is not a great upset. Two punts in 10 games. Greg Clayton has fielded two. Aaron Anderson, they've only fielded three total. Aaron Anderson fielded the other and he fumbled it. So two total all year they've returned. In this game, the up back, walk on Javen Nicholas, took two short hop punts. One for the longest return of anyone on the season, almost 30 yards. The other one, I think he was feeling himself. I was like, all right, let's do this. And immediately got popped hard on the play, but held on to it. So I guess special teams-wise, Javen Nicholas gets it, the up back. Yeah, uh, great scouting from the special teams department to know that Georgia State's punter, I guess, does these short, weird punts. They only go like 30 yards, and I, I guess they hope it rolls or something, but they just scouted it and put Nichols up there, and it just was awful for Georgia State. But um. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the corners, you know, freshman corners are going to learn good and bad. Uh, Latarence Welch, ga Welch gave up a, a deep ball. Toviano gave up a ball. I mean, they all had their moments of struggle, but that's why you put them in the game here. If they're going to do anything next year, you have to give them in-game experience to where they are getting beat, where they have film to look back on. You can go through the good and the bad. You, It's just, it's just how it is. The answers are not coming this year, obviously. This is game 11, so now it's about – finding answers for next year, finding who's going to be in the room next year, who you want in the room next year, and hopefully coaching that up. Um, that's going to be the biggest thing for me. So uh, I thought Sage actually played a really good game. They didn't throw at him a ton, but Sage looked in phase in all of the reps that he got. So shout out yep. to him as well. When they don't call your name a lot as a corner, that's a great thing usually. He almost had a pick, uh, I think. Um, he did. He did. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, um, Jaden Daniels we've talked about a ton to start this pod about he's number one in every statistical category out there basically as a quarterback unbelievable season one game left against texas a&m but his receivers made a little history last night maddie b um neighbors eight catches for 140 and two uh brian thomas four catches for 103 and one 
And Kyron Lacey, five catches for 101 and two touchdowns. They become the first trio of receivers in LSU history ever to all go over 100 yards in a game, which is impressive considering that Jefferson, Chase, and Terrace Marshall were catching balls from Burrow not very long ago. So shout out to those guys. And your weekly update has not changed. Malik Neighbors, 1424, 1,424 receiving yards. That's the most by anybody in college football. And 14 touchdown catches by Brian Thomas, the most by anybody in college football. They entered the week with those, the lead, and they only added on to it. So I have a, a dynasty football league, and I currently have Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, and I'm trying to wiggle my way up in the draft to where I can get uh, Malik and Brian You want Thomas. part two. I want all four of them on my dynasty football team. I have Joe as my quarterback, too, uh, which isn't great because he's hurt right now, but that's okay. Um, anyways, I say all that. They, those two are fantastic. Honestly, I thought Kyron Lacey had the best game of his LSU career. That route he had to get well, okay, so I'm watching on the TV, right? And I'm like, all right, Malik's in the slot on the right side. I was like, oh, he beat him, he beat the safety, I think, on the in route. But Daniels never looked his way. He looked at Lacey and saw the amount of separation he got on that. On that, I think it was like a stutter and then like an outbreak and then broke in. And got like five yards of separation and just threw it to him wide open. And I'm obviously on TV on first watch. I'm like, how did he get so open? They go back and show it. And it is a beautiful route. Kyron Lacey, I think the drops are legitimate. Like you can legitimately get on him for drops. Yes. But for there is very there are very few number three receivers in the country that are better than Kyron Lacey. No. Like, flat out. And he's they people didn't want him on the field last year. He's made way big strides for that. Let me put you into perspective here. In the SEC, 14 touchdowns. Brian Thomas obviously leads. That leads the nation. Malik Neighbors has 12. Luther Burden, who's an animal, has eight. And so does Trey Harrison, Will Shepard, two Louisiana natives right there at Ole Miss and Vandy. Xavier Leggett, who has been on fire for South Carolina, has seven. Then there's a group at six. And your boy, Kyron Lacey, is in that group, which makes him one of the top ten receivers this year in the SEC. LSU's got the number one and two stat wise, and there goes Kyron making his way into the top ten. Like I, I mean, yeah, that route was awesome. But I, in general, we know what he can do with the ball in his hands. The que- the problem for him was obviously getting the ball in his hands and make sure he caught the ball. But once he catches the ball, like this is a dude that has yards after catch ability that is exceptional. And so I'm I'm buying Kyron Lacey stock right now, going into next year. Um, you know, potential wide receiver one there. We'll see what happens and whether freshman or portal, whatever else. But Kyron Lacey, that dude had a great game. So shout out to him. All right. Anything else? No. Caleb Jackson ran over some people. Uh, Trey yep. Holly got some carries. Josh he Williams. did. Trey Holly looked good. Uh, Noah, Noah Kane went down at the three. Uh, shout out to him to let Jane Daniels go in and score. But um, well, and, and, and Mac Markway caught his first touchdown pass there. Markway touchdown pass. So good for him. Uh, the young yeah, bucks out there shining. Nuss bus was just handing the ball off. Um, but, uh, can't can't after you've kept Jaden into the fourth, you can't go out there and continue to throw. So, yeah, <laughs> just so keep we, it going. Just got to got to hand it off. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, and, one week left, Matty B. One week left. Man, the one, week by. Left. one week left. Uh, big game against A and M. I will repeat Huge. that. LSU versus A and M. That is a big game for the program for Jaden Daniels, for, for everybody here. So I expect a full Tiger Stadium, uh, 11 a.m. kickoff. We'll cover that throughout the week. 
And yeah, thank you all for joining us. If it's a five-star rating and review, wherever you're listening, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Thank you all for your support. Subscribe to the Bengal Tiger on three. You get all of the content, all of the board posts, all of our engagement there as well. So uh, we'll be back with the Monday mailbag. Uh, again, we'll post that around lunchtime tomorrow. But uh, until then, we'll talk to you all later. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.